Welcome to Question Everything, the podcast where we discuss various topics and ask who, what, when, where, and why, but mostly why, and what were they thinking. I'm Crystal Jeffrey. I am a media arts major at Wayne State University and a wife and mom. And I am Jessica Jeffrey, the woman who signed the matrimony paperwork, legally binding me to take part in these little adventures Crystal takes us on. You love my escapades and you know it. I do. So guess what DeSantis did? What did DeSantis do? Alright. So Publix is huge in Florida, as we're pretty well aware. Publix subs. That's all I remember from Publix. All the good, the, the good days of Publix subs. <laughs> but with Publix subs, we also know the cost of Publix groceries are kind of on the high end compared to... Kind of. Walmart and Winn-Dixie and just a little bit. Walmart, lower, Winn-Dixie, middle, Publix. You need to have money to shop there. So Sanus has decided that in the beginning of February... All of Palm Beach County, if you want to get your COVID vaccine, you have to go to Publix to get a vaccine. You can't go to the health department. You can't go anywhere besides a Publix. You can't go to the Winn-Dixie pharmacy now either. How much stock does he own in Publix? He actually just got a $100,000 donation from Publix. Oh, shocker. Just a few (laughs) weeks ago. And that donation went to the friends of Ron DeSantis. But, just so you're aware, he does deny that there's any correlation... (laughs) Of course he does. ...between having (laughs) Publix, at least in Palm Beach County, having the sole supply and (laughs) the gatekeepers of uh, the COVID vaccine and this, you know, little donation he got a few weeks ago. Needless to say, there are a few people that are not happy about this idea. Winn-Dixie stockholders. Anyone who did not jump on the bandwagon ever to own public stock as well, yes. But um, there's various county commissioners who have spoken out about it. There are three mayors in Palm Beach County who are also not happy about this. And uh, Omar Hardy, one of the House representatives who represents Florida as well, that this is not... A very smart idea. So even though where we lived in Florida, we were about 20 minutes or less away from five different public stores, right? Easily. Yeah. Um, There are people that live out in the West, like in the Glades and whatnot, that are a good 30 minutes or about 40 miles away from the nearest Publix. So it makes it kind of difficult for them to go get a vaccine when it's out yonder and not just down the street. Yeah, but then again, they're out in the middle of nowhere, which means they're not part of the 1%, which means they don't matter. Yes, that they're already having issues with disparity there, and minorities are having issues and difficulties finding these vaccines. So you'll go to neighborhoods that you have your ocean view, where you have your million dollar homes, seaside, you, you named it, right? And those people have 50% 50% of their, their citizens, their community members, are all happy and vaccinated, right? But then you go inward somewhat and where you might go to one minority neighborhood and one or 2% of those people just, you know, have to get vaccinated. I'd be surprised it's, if it's that high of a number. So we've already taken something that has 
an issue of helping everybody equally and thrown it just like Jim Crow laws that we've just made it slightly more difficult putting it in the most expensive grocery store minus Whole Foods sorry Whole Foods shout out (laughs) to make it even more difficult for people to try to help themselves and save themselves and their family from this horrific pandemic the baseline of that is, though, they took something horrible, something everybody needs access to, and threw in the money of the 1% in there. So even though Palm Beach County has only been mentioned so far, something stuck out to me is that it's the test site for this pilot program. So does that mean in the next few months other Floridians have to worry about if they have a Publix that's within five miles? If this works out, I assume that that's the goal. Works out for who? The 1%. <laughs> so what West Virginia's doing is the exact opposite of DeSantis. That instead of focusing on CVS or Walmart or another billion dollar company, they're distributing their vaccines to the independent stores and local pharmacies, helping that mom and pop shop in their, in their state. So they're making sure that no matter where you live in their state, you're good to be vaccinated and they're supporting local businesses by making sure that, hey, we're not going to root for the 1% or the billion dollar company or whoever gives us the most PAC money. We're going to give it to the people who are doing everything they can just to keep society going right now while we deal with all of this. All right. So Michigan, our wonderful state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. We're caring people in our state. We worry. We call 911 when we really feel like there's an actual problem. But we, we try up here, we, us Michiganders, right? So out in Monroe Township earlier this week, this past Tuesday, there was a concerned family that um, ended up calling because they saw an injured bird, either a duck or a goose, out on a lake near their house. So they went. They called dispatch and fire rescue came out and they suited up and got the gear on and was all ready to go out and rescue this animal that's stuck on the ice. Well, Get out there. Them. Right. Yeah. No, it's what you, you know, you should do versus, you know, taking yourself out and recording someone drowning. So they get out there and they, they find this bird and think he's possibly frozen or something. And then they realize that this bird is not a bird, that it is a decoy bird to help practice for the hunters. It's a hunting decoy goose. It's a hunting decoy goose. I wonder if the hunter was out there waiting, thinking, should I use my goose call? (laughs) Just start. (laughs) Or as soon as they pick up the bird, (laughs) someone just blows into it and they start jumping back. (laughs) But good for them for going, for someone calling and not just being, eh. Betcha they were bored anyway because nobody does any crimes in the dead of winter. You see how white it is outside? We have snow. And it is cold. Even the robbers, like, hell no, it's too cold outside. I'm, I'm staying in. Let, yeah. me, let me know when uh, when May's here. Yeah. Cause... Oh, May. Okay, so robber season starts May. Yes. Okay. Mark it. All right, start locking your doors in May. <laughs> At least there was no duck in pain. There was no duck in pain. That was... That was something that was that was brought up. There was no ducks in pain, and it was cited that it could be, it was a fire training exercise. I was just gonna say that it's good training for them. Yeah, <laughs> and especially when you didn't even know what's training exercise, it's even better. Right? Yeah. I mean, How good is a fire drill when you know it's a drill? <laughs> it's in my mind. 
This happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. If you know what's a drill, do you really try when you know what's a fire drill? If I was in a fire drill, which, I mean, we all were 50 times over as kids. Elementary school. Yeah, you all just like, hey, I'm out of class for a little bit. There's yeah, a, a no legit learning. fire. There's a legit fire. You don't act like it's a drill. Yeah. So, but they're they're also, you know, lifesavers, so they're not going to act like us anyway. They're, they're still human. They're better citizens than most, though. <laughs> they are better than us. So early Thursday morning, a contractor was doing his work at the zoo and doing in his... Sydney. In Sydney. Okay. In Sydney. He's still out in Sydney. Okay. So he's doing his contracting work. He's, you know, doing his thing. And he looks around and sees that there's a chimp. But, you know, he's at the zoo, so it's a big deal, right? But the chimp is outside of his enclosure. Oh, no. It's not where he's supposed to be. <laughs> nah. He's supposed to be in the enclosure, right? Okay. So... <laughs> The guy calls and gets um, the zoo rescue team in here, emergency and help. Like, there's a chimp where a chimp is not supposed to be, get chimp back to where he is supposed to be. So, calls, gets the, the response team there, but they were not needed because this chimp who's just hanging out, chilling, what, you know, not bothering anything, not worried about anything. He put himself back. He put himself back <laughs> in his own enclosure. Are they going to fix how he got out? That's a problem. They don't know how he got out. And there's no cameras. There's, uh, they, they didn't get that far. At least the camera doesn't hit that angle. There, the, the zoo reported that there were no injuries to people or other animals or the very adventurous chimp. They, they just don't know how said chimp got out. <laughs> so they're, they're going to be busy this weekend. So I have some good news and bad news all rolled into one article. COVID. Oh, all right then. Bed bugs. Lovely. What do you think COVID's doing to the spread of bed bugs? I'm hoping you're going to say killing them and decreasing because you said there was good news involved with this story. Well, it is. They're seeing less spread of bed bugs right now because people aren't going anywhere. They're not going on vacations. They're not staying where the bed bugs are likely hiding hotels oh. motels things like that okay bad news uh-oh they can lie dormant for months on end <laughs> so even though they're not spreading they're not getting new food sources i.e our dander they could just sit there and waiting does it give how many months I mean, we've been going on this for almost 11 months that's that's a lot of months all it says is can lie dormant for months. So either they're going to die off and we're never going to see them again, or more likely they're going to skyrocket once lockdown ends and they go starving trying to find something to eat. So Reddit, yeah, falling down the rabbit hole of Reddit, um, as we're all familiar with our wonderful rabbit holes that we fall into, I was cruising through the unpopular opinion subreddit. And one of the ones that I came across that I wanted to ask you is that say you're dating this person, they're epic, amazing, oh my gosh, head over heels, you're not married to me, and... Oh, good. Yeah, that would that be... Would complicate that would things. Yeah, make things slightly more difficult. But you're dating this person, they're great, whatever, and then you suddenly find out that they're married. They have their other person that they're in, involved with in their family and whatnot, and that you are suddenly the person that they're having an affair with. And according to this unpopular opinion, it says if you find out that you're the other person, that you should go tell. 
Absolutely. So in a heartbeat. <laughs> and then I would ask them what kind of poison they would prefer. <laughs> it seems to be a running theme on uh, on on uh, on unpopular opinions that a lot of them are just popular opinions that they want to feel like they're posting something that they haven't seen posted and because they haven't seen it posted doesn't mean it's actually a popular opinion it just means that they haven't posted it yet or i guess that they they think that this feeling that they have is they've never even heard of and they must post it or they don't scroll but either way that I don't see how this is an unpopular opinion. But a lot of people, when I did read it, said, you know, don't shoot the messenger, um, you do you, it's not your place to go and say anything. Oh, f- <laughs> it's not your place to go <laughs> say anything? Would, if I was cheating on you, <laughs> would, and that other person found out that you exist, wouldn't you want them to tell you? Absolutely. Well, there we go. Well, yeah, but we, we also agree enough that we, we'd live with each other and deal with each other constantly, but that's that's the point of all of this, is that, um, and, and it's all the, it's a huge different spectrum of things, that it depends if they're married, if or if you guys are just dating, if they're married. Um, if like, they're with somebody, no matter what the title is, it's still cheating. Well, I also read that, um, I'm not into monogamy, so screw you, so everyone... Everyone. Okay, that's the person's choice, and they should all be aware that that they are not in a monogamous relationship. That that's every every situation has its own what ifs and unusual situations. But if you have the grand scheme, most people are monogamous. Most people are whatever, and at least for me, I would want to know. And if I if I caught you that you have some other random family that I was unaware of, yeah, they, they would know that I exist, and, and this would come to a, a quick end. Very quick. So. How quickly do you want the poison to take hold? <laughs> Arsenic, preferably. Hemlock. <laughs> other unpopular opinion, we'll say. Your un- other unpopular opinion, or another unpopular opinion you found on Reddit? The, the second. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Yes. That, um... It should not be socially acceptable to let your baby or toddler run around naked on the beach. I can see your thinking face. They're not able to see your thinking face, so I have to, to voice they're, they're this. They're not able to see my thinking face because, yeah, Daniel was naked on the beach at one point when he was less than two years old. Because after a while, even the swimming diapers tend to explode. Yeah. In a sea of gelled, beaded mess, and you just don't want to leave. Yeah, Try being was... a parent of a two-year-old. Yeah, no, I'm good. That's why I came in when he was four. There was, <laughs> there was again in the in the subreddit the the back and forth of this one post rather of pedophiles. The big thing oh, is. God damn. Is, is you don't want strangers staring at your kid. And you don't want to put your children in situations that are really meant for adults. Why would you put yourself or your children in that situation? And to trying to normalize it, I agree with normalizing nudity and whatnot, but in America, we're not quite there yet, which is why we have naked dating over in Britain and not here <laughs> because we can't handle that as Americans because oh my god you saw boobies and that's bad boobies bad so boobies you put, bad. put those and things away so 
I like boobies, though. Yes, but again, America, you have to, it's for the bedroom, and everything's sexualized, so I only saw one person in the hundreds of posts after, or or replies, that mentioned getting uh, feces on the beach, which would be my thing, is are you going to clean up after your kid if they happen to go? I mean, we have enough people that don't clean up. I was just going to say, you're supposed to clean up after your dog. Yeah. If you give your dog that courtesy, you should without a doubt give your child that courtesy. I would hope that they would do that. I'm not as worried about a pedophile or stranger or anyone else. I'm worried about stepping on things. And I'm also worried about sand and, and I don't know, not nice pieces of fish and wildlife getting onto my child in places that they shouldn't be. But they also have to get exposed to life, so I... As a parent, you pick your battles. Yeah. If you've been at the beach for an hour and the swimmer diaper craps out and you're not Literally. ready to go and your child is not ready to go, you let them free willy it for a while. <laughs> and hopefully you're smart enough and kind enough, rather, to um, to pick up after yourself well, and yeah, your kids. Yeah, if you go anywhere th- with a child, you have your diaper bag and you have extra bags to put the dirty diapers in. Be a decent human being and clean up after your child, regardless of where you are. But if you're going out, shouldn't you have extra little swimmers with you as well? Yeah, but if one crapped out, another can. And if you're only going to be there for another 5, 10, 15 minutes, why waste a whole nother swimmer diaper? That was expensive. (laughs) You know, back when I was a baby, they didn't have those things. What did they do back in the 80s and 90s? I, w- I would tease you and say cloth diapers, but I'm older than you. So you are, so date. you gotta yeah, you gotta watch the words there. <laughs> Pick your battles. So, I'm assuming you've heard about the Capitol riots that happened on January sixth. I'd say what Capitol riots, but that's kind of insensitive at this point. Yeah, so to a little little bit, yeah, it's okay. still it's still January. So <laughs> part of what we're trying to do on the podcast is still talk about things that are everywhere but go beyond what is all over the talking heads of CNN and NBC of what is going on with the students. What are they seeing? What are they witnessing in their classrooms from their caretakers during the day? And I've been reading about how there's been a handful of teachers all over our country that are saying things they probably shouldn't be saying in a classroom and getting themselves slightly in trouble. And it, depending on where you are in the country, depends on what kind of trouble you're getting in. So we have places like um, Wisconsin, where there's a, a teacher that's under investigation for telling his students that he was going to go defend D.C. for election integrity. So he was bragging to his students for that. A Virginia middle school I see teacher... Florida coming up shortly. <laughs> there was a Virginia middle school teacher... Um, that called the attempted coup on uh, the Capitol just a setup. And there was a substitute teacher in Florida who was dismissed after telling their students that the rioters were actually Antifa. So we're going from not, it's not the far right, it's the far left. So it, it's going to be okay. Um, there was also a social studies teacher out in Pennsylvania was suspended and is under investigation for attending the Trump rally before the Capitol attack and putting it on Facebook that he was doing his civic duty, 
we have a Cleveland school therapist who stormed the Capitol with a QAnon sign and then resigned later saying that he was going to switch careers to expose the world to global the global evils of human trafficking and pedophilia. And then he was arrested by the FBI. Well, there we go. So, what are your thoughts so far on um, teachers' opinions in the workplace? I know this is a very small sample size, and these small sample size have gotten suspended and fired and have resigned and whatnot. What about the teachers that aren't getting caught? Teachers are supposed to teach facts, truth. And if it's still under investigation, I don't care what anybody thinks, you teach what's already been 100% proven. If you have to wait a couple years, just teach history then. And that's part of the, the problem that a lot of teachers are having is that all over our country we're having teachers that are trying to avoid certain topics because they're too political. So we have teachers that are also afraid on the other side of teaching, even if it's straight, narrow, central facts, because of getting in trouble. They're, they're afraid of being criticized, that they're going to be seen as being political at all, and in not a civic-minded way of teaching. So they're just not going to teach those pieces of government or history which is also not the answer. You still have to teach something about what's going on. But they're afraid if they're going to get in trouble or um, lose their jobs, be caught in this big lie of, of entanglement and mess that we're all in right now. Politics has no place in K-12 through unless political science is an elective. Yes, there's political science in college and whatnot. You sign up for what you get. But in these teachers, they're all K through 12, I'm assuming. Yes. They, no, this should not be a conversation. This should not be something that gets brought up. If you're in high school taking American government, you get American government. When the Declaration of Independence was signed, when each president became each president, and when they stopped be each president, like the bare bones, the facts, what happened, period, end of story. This should not be a conversation. I, I don't know what else to say. This is, I'm flabbergasted. The, well, we have, like, I'm taking American government right now. You're a college student. But even my teacher is, he f teaches the facts, and if he doesn't really give his opinion, it's, this is the way it is, this is how we got to where we are. Even though you can, you can kind of maybe see where he is you can hear it that he's more democratic it's only because he's not using these big flamboyant words that you hear over and over again Watch and that and you don't hear those Collusion. things and it there's both sides quid pro quo so it's having the respect and yes 99% of teachers more than that are, are following what they need to do and following the guidelines but then you still have the teachers that either a aren't and are, are getting away with it or even if they're getting fired or under investigation right now or they stop doing it well now there's this kid in there be it six years old or 16 that are going to take those those pieces with them 
and they might just go away and they might turn into who knows that it, it might be, become their career they might say it to the wrong person and get shot they might who knows but it's not making a situation better it's just adding fuel to the fire but we also have teachers on the other end who are afraid of saying something because they need to be able to feed their family and if i say something i'm gonna lose my job i'm gonna have a kid go tell their parents and the parents are gonna come back at me and get me in trouble because i'm you know i'm an african-american male or who knows what and they're not in a in a position to be able to do that and do the right thing doing the right thing is hard a high school social studies teacher in Georgia by the name of Tom McMahon who put a post up on his high school's board on the high school's learning online platform and was forced to take it down because he said that there was no evidence of voter fraud in the 2020 election. So he's putting out this fact that even Twitter is now flagging. Every, everyone is flagging it. And he was forced to take it down. He said that there was no... He said there was no voter fraud and was forced to take it down. That's the fact. And he also just happens to teach in the district where QAnon believer uh, and Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene just happens to have... (sighs) So, who knows if that had anything to do with it? You know it did. Mm -hmm. If that area elected that woman... Obviously, they're on the side of alternative facts. But that's back to just adding fuel to the fire of not being able to get out the other side. He's also quoted by saying that most of the conspiracy theories are happening in African-American communities like Atlanta and Philadelphia and in our south from us in Detroit. A lot of the election fraud and illegal voters and everything. Because they're blue areas. If there's enough fraud in a blue area and they can take those blue votes away, the red will win again. But it's more than they're blue. They're not white. You're not white. That's what matters now. So those those areas Atlanta Philadelphia and definitely Detroit we heard it down in Wayne County where Absolutely. they were trying to get the election results overturned yeah um, I love that he put that he points out that it's implied racism it's deliberate and it needs to be called out for what it is everyone is entitled to their own opinion absolutely 100% people are not entitled to their own facts you can see things differently you can have your own view on on what you've witnessed or what you've read, but a fact is a fact. You you can't change those. Facts are devoid of feelings. And facts aren't feelings. Exactly. And people putting their feelings in all of these, these t- topics and issues that we've gotten to the point where we can't talk to our friends and families about these these issues because it's become such a uh, taboo subject it's up there with premarital sex and tattoos and now mask wearing because of course that's political it, it all comes it all comes back to that it, it's like we're all just trying to pick fights with each other it's almost better we're in quarantine we can't be even next to each other teachers have the duty to educate and prepare our future generations for our country um and they have to take care when they're teaching issues, making sure that they don't have things current or in the past that they 
give a clear light that's not rose-colored glasses that we're not making things look overly sanitized and squeaky clean and our country's perfect and you're not that people have depth rosa parks had an entire life beyond the the state taking a stance on the bus we have there's so much history behind christopher columbus that doesn't really even get talked about and we have to learn from those mistakes so that when we write about this time when we have kids reading about this in 20, 50 years, long after the people that remember these days are gone, what are they going to remember? Are they going to remember Trump as the facts that, that what he did, or Obama or Biden and, or any other president of our current era? Or are they going to read the, the headlines that are left over? Are they going to hear the, the voices that were the loudest, not the truth? And that's happened with presidents in our past. So we have to be careful now because those are also the future teachers and those are the future newspaper editors. If we have paper at that point, those are the people that will be gearing up those generations. We already have minority students that are getting treated unfairly in our education system. So they're already having those politics taken out on them. It's already being seeped into our classrooms and it's gonna have long-term effects. We have all of this talk of digital literacy and pushing it on people, pushing it on adults and students alike, but what about teaching it to faculty and staff members? Some of the people that are under investigation are guidance counselors. They're the ones watching out over the mental health. They're not even just teaching our history classes or even our math classes. They're helping with our students' mental health in a crisis of, of being quarantined. If the mental health professionals and the counselors and whatnot in the schools are the ones that are believing the words of our previous president, they are no longer qualified to look out for the well-being of our children. If they cannot tell the lies of a 70-something-year-old toddler, how can they tell the lies of kids in K-12? through we're supposed to be slightly more neutral than that. You're, I'm you're, not neutral you're, you're, on our children's front. <laughs> that, that is true. But we need to also we need to teach the digital literacy beyond just adults and and students. We need to make sure that our faculty and people that work in classrooms in an education system, especially with younger students, know what to look for. Know that you don't trust everything that ends in dot com know where misinformation is coming from, what it means, what it looks like. Question everything. Know what you're looking at. Does it sound plausible? Where are your resources coming from? Who, what, where, when, why? Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between the New York Post and the New York Times and the New Yorker. There, there really is. And the quibbler. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody just says, trust me, don't trust them find out why they believe they are. Maybe they are good to be trusted, but they should be willing to prove to you how and why they feel and know the what, what they know. But either way, look at the facts of the documents. Look at the facts of what's going on. And if you're not sure if the facts that you're reading are true facts, probably should check your sources. Question everything. everything.